Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, I'm chatting with business operations coach Jordan Gill. Jordan is the founder of the Collada Group, a company that helps business owners simplify their operations to maximize the efficiency of their tech and team. She's also the host of the podcast, System Saved Me. Jordan, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to, to get to chat with you and, and share some good insights with your audience. Great. Now, before we jump into more about your business, I'd love to know a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not at work. Yes. So I actually am really into trying new restaurants. I know that's kind (laughs) of random. Uh, But food is something that I enjoy. Whenever I'm traveling, the first thing I look up before even the hotel is food. Um, Mm. So uh, I want to make sure my tummy is happy. Uh, so I really enjoy, I mean, I love Thai food, Moroccan food, Ethiopian food, all, all the different really uh, niche food types here, here in the United States. Um, and so that, and then also I'm kind of a reality TV junkie. Um. <laughs> I'll admit to watching a little bit. What's your favorite? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Um What's funny is one of my favorite shows is Hoarders, um, but I know it's so weird, but it's because I, and naturally this makes sense with, with what I do with folks is I like watching chaos turn into like clean. It, there's no better satisfaction for me than that. And so the fact that this entire show is based on that and that premise is just, it's crack. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of the conversation is going to focus on your business journey. So how long have you been coaching and what got you interested in it in the first place? Yeah, so I, I'll be coming up on a year full time, um, which is really insane. And, and my backstory is probably very different than most folks. Um, I actually most of my career after college has been in the online marketing space. Um, and so I basically grew up understanding all the crazy of, of what it is. And um, I worked uh, with one online entrepreneur for about two years um, as her head of content and then moving into um, an operational role in her business and did it for two years. I loved it. And then, um, you know, I wasn't building a business on the side or anything like that. And then there came a day where she wanted me to be in a position that I didn't necessarily want to be in. Um, and I basically gave six weeks at that point and literally had to figure out what I was going to do to make money. <laughs> so I do Don't not put any pressure this. on yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. I do not suggest this for anybody else. Um, but it just was one of those things where you hear a whisper and, and you're just like, this is actually not what I want to do. And I'm going to actually follow that instead of grinding it out and becoming crazy. So had six weeks to figure it out. And um, I knew that I really enjoyed putting processes in place. Um, and that's very broad in general, because I've probably put every single different process together. So I was like, okay, how can I do this in a way that's going to basically 
keep my, uh, my monthly stuff consistent. And I started out with monthly retainers. And in those six weeks, I didn't have a website, barely had a website name. Uh, it was personalized procedures at that time. Uh, and I hated it, but I was like, I don't care if I hate it. I just have to have something. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get three monthly retainer clients and um, a project client in those six weeks. And it really was based on relationships um, and just people that I had known in the space for a long time. And so for about five, six months, I did monthly retainers and came to realize that I actually don't like doing monthly retainers. And I think no one else had told me what else there was to do out there besides just this like one-on-one kind of coaching relationship or service-based relationship. And so I really was trying to figure out, okay, I work a lot better in short focused bursts. Um, and so I was like, well, I started to hear these words intensives and VIP weekends and all that stuff from the coaching world. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That is like all I want to do all day, every day. That's it. So, um, so I made the transition over and it's been super, super incredible. Um, and I, I won't go back to monthly. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just say that. And nothing's wrong with monthly. It just is uh, not necessarily how I work best in a coaching consulting relationship. Mm. I don't know that I know a hundred percent what a monthly retainer, what, what does that entail? Yeah. So in the coaching realm, um, it really is, um, basically saying, okay, you know, you get so many calls per month and it's X amount of dollars. So say people, you know, a monthly, uh, month by month, it's like, okay, you spend $500 for two calls a month, and it just is kind of rolling um, is how that is. So um, mine was more service based, um, the monthly retainers that I was doing, it was um, more along the lines of a uh, little bit of coaching, a lot of it, um, the actual implementation. So um, that was also just, I I like to play and tinker, but I knew that I wanted to eventually get into a coaching consulting role um, and have no implementation. So what you started out with, people could, you could be rolling month to month for six months or longer. I mean, it could just keep, just keep going. Okay. (laughs) And going and going and going. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was a, so that was a pretty big change. I mean, as far as the business side of things, just having that sort of open-ended sort of relationship to really moving into something that's a lot more, a lot more structured, like you said, intensives and Mm -hmm. and shorter periods of time. Hmm. Yeah, it was a big shift. (laughs) Now, I mean, that's part of, everybody knows that, you know, that part of business, just kind of making the shift, seeing what's going to work, seeing what doesn't work, it can all be sort of this big up and down. So can you tell us about maybe a big disappointment or just some sort of a low point that you had when you were building up your business? Yeah, Um, there was a time, um, those three monthly retainer clients, um, we were going along and all of them decided to launch in September. Now, it's one thing to be part of one launch. Uh, it's another thing to be part of three launches um, <laughs> that are all going at the same time. Yeah, no uh, pressure, right? Right. And <laughs> so it really um, took a huge toll on me um, energetically. And that was probably the moment that I started to realize, okay, like we've got to make some major, major shifts because 
none of my clients knew that the other ones were launching. They don't care if other people are launching at the same time. Uh, So, but I had to protect myself as being somebody that um, was on their team and and making things happen. I I really just then had to be like, okay, this is not sustainable. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I basically slowly started um, trickling out my monthly retainers. And right now I just have one monthly retainer left, but it's a very, very, very small monthly retainer. Um, but other than that, it was just, again, I wouldn't recommend just cutting those all off, you know, right off the top, um, because it is a nice monthly, uh, setup. But, um, as you're transitioning, there's nothing wrong with letting that be fluid. And I think most people are like, Oh, like, I'm deciding that this is going to happen. So I need to just cut it off. And some people that works really well. Uh, but for, for folks that that gives them huge anxiety, which it kind of gives me huge anxiety, right. you know, it's okay to like roll into the next thing and, you know, not pressure yourself um, to get it right, right away. Yeah, that's good advice. But taking away that safety net altogether definitely could make oh some gosh. people uh, have yeah. a little stress. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Now, the idea of, like you're saying, you know, going from one sort of one model and then sort of easing into another model, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, that it takes just a lot of consistent action. And then that yes. that idea of moving from one concept and then switching, mm-hmm. how did you get to the point where you felt like you were starting to gain some momentum in your business? Yeah. So uh, I love that you brought up consistency because that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, so that's good. And so basically I made pretty much the full switch to implementation minus this one last monthly retainer that I have um, in January. And so I um, also decided that I needed to put other consistent things in place um, for my business. So I had not been consistent on social media. I hadn't been consistent with really anything else in my business. Um, and so I was like, okay, like I need to basically create a way for me to be more consistent because I, I need to be seen. And so my word for 2017 is visibility. And so social media was a part of that. My podcast was a part of that. Um, and then actually I had gotten about three speaking engagements, um, kind of in that January time. And again, like I was just showing up every single day and granted, I, um, I'm a huge proponent of batching. I batch basically everything in my business. And so I had gotten three months worth of social media done in about a week. Um, and just had it on autopilot. Um, and then I actually hired on a social media intern to do the engagement piece of it. And so really, it was consistently showing up. And then also, um, I got with a marketing coach who helped me put together these monthly mini trainings, essentially. And um, my first one was basically showing exactly how I did three months of social media content in one week. Um, And then my next one was based on um, the batching bootcamp, but for podcasting, I also did a training on interns because I have three interns on my team. And so putting those pieces in place where I just know every single month I'm doing a mini training and every third month I'm doing my social media content and just putting those things in place, like exponentially upped my visibility 
like so much. And I, you know, did some outreach and stuff like that, but I had people coming to me and saying that they wanted me to come and and speak to their community, do a training for their community, do a bonus for their program, do this, do that. And I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Um, So that consistency really is crucial um, because people then start to see you everywhere. And I am by (laughs) means not everywhere. But people are starting to say that um, as if I am. And it's really just because I'm there every single day. So no matter if you open your Instagram on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're going to see my posts most likely because I'm posting at least twice a day. Yeah, that's really interesting because I I was talking to someone the other day that was telling me that, you know, his business just, he repurposes a lot of content, but but what he found was just a really big step in his business was just expanding what he did. So not not just being on social media, but doing videos, writing books, doing podcasts. So how do you feel, I mean, consistent... You know, we can, I could be consistent with just putting out a blog post, mm. but, but there's also that idea of, you know, spreading yourself wide and doing a lot of different things. Do you feel like that's a big help for, for coaches in their, in getting their business going? Totally. So I think honestly, one of the best things that you can do as a coach to showcase your expertise and really leverage one piece of content, I tell people to start with video. And the reason to only, whatever, focus on the video aspect is because then you can create a blog post, you can pull the audio for a podcast, you can create social media quotes, you can put social media infographics together, everything can be pulled from that video piece of content and literally diverted into at least 15 pieces of content. Like my mini trainings are kind of my videos in quotations because I have these 10 10 mini trainings and I pull quotes, tips, questions people have had inside of the programs um, and, and wins that my clients have had inside of the programs and stuff like that. And that becomes my social. That becomes what I talk about on my Facebook lives. That becomes all of those things. But it starts with just kind of that one piece. Um, and I say videos the best because it's it's the... I guess most moldable, but even starting with audio is, is good as well because then you can still pull mostly. You just won't have the, the visual aspect. Yeah. That's great advice to just, I guess I could probably come up with 15 different ways, but I might have to write it down or else I'd forget it for the next time. But <laughs> that's, that's why you put that a process awesome. together. <laughs> well, there you go. That's, that's the idea of, of getting those systems in yes, place, right? Yes. <laughs> now, you know, we often talk about that, that when we start to feel successful, that a a lot of times it's because we've maybe hit a goal mm. or we've reached a certain milestone that we've set for ourselves. So what would you say has been your favorite achievement or maybe a really big win that you've experienced in your business so far? Wow. Um, I probably would say um, these three speaking engagements that I'm, that I'm about to embark on. Um, One of them, I was recommended from someone else to be on the stage. Um, The other two, they requested me to um, speak at them. So again, I didn't do any outreach for any of these three speaking engagements. Um, And they're all three have keynotes. One of them has an additional breakout. And it's funny because I am such a go-getter 
And I totally believe in hard work, but mm-hmm. all of the most amazing things that have happened in my business and, and in my life were honestly opportunities that I just received. Um, and that I'm terrible at receiving. I'm just like, no, like I don't deserve it though. I need to work for it. I, there has to be something, there has to be a reason that I, that I worked for this. And again, those three speaking engagements, I think is, is one of my, my favorite achievements, um, just because of the pure fact that I fully have received them and I am grateful for them. And they're really, um, events are a great way for me to, um, get clients. And I, I haven't spoken per se. I've spoken at a couple small things here in Dallas, but whenever I have attended an event, I tend to get a lot of clients. So the fact that I'm going to be on stage and have a presence is really, I think, going to, um, to bring about a, a ton of clients for me. Yeah, I think that's great when you're so f- maybe focused on what you're giving mm-hmm. and then to all of a sudden be recognized and, and begin to receive yes. things that that takes a big uh, mindset oh, shift, I think. It really does. <laughs> really does. (laughs) Now, before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses on more like the real action Mm -hmm. steps that coaches can take, I want to talk a little bit about the future. I'd love to know what you're excited about creating next in your business. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I'm really, really excited um, to kind of add on to my repertoire, like I said, I do these intensives and, and VIP weekends. Um, but I really have wanted to bring my VIP weekends in person. So right now I just am very, very virtual, but I recently had a request asking if somebody could come and do an intensive in person. And I was thinking, well, why don't I just do the VIP weekends? You know, my intensives are four hours. Um, but I really think she should just come for the whole weekend if she's wanting to come to Dallas. She lives in Utah. And so I was like, why haven't I been thinking about that? Because Dallas is a really fun city. Um, and I, I just, again, it just never occurred to me, you know, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and so I am really, really excited about creating um, a really cool VIP weekend experience because I want it to be very much a workcation and, and show how important it is to play as much as you work. And I am mm-hmm. not the best. <laughs> I preach it to everybody else. And it's one of those things I don't follow my own advice. Um, but I'm recognizing actually really how important it is to balance that out. And a lot of times the best work that you do is when you, you know, just came from a kickball tournament with your friends or you just went and played with your kids in the sand, you know, sandbox mm-hmm. or whatever else. And um that's really what I'm excited to create. It's not going to be super over the top, lavish, like, you know, seven course dinner sort of things, but playing in the sense of, you know, just going out and and doing a few different activities that can really get us out of our normal business box that we're in. So that's what I'm really excited to create. Yeah, that's really interesting. Just hearing about starting to move sort of an online business mm-hmm. and then beginning to expand and, and dabble in different ways that you can try new things. Yep. I mean, I think that's, that's interesting. And a lot of people really get caught up in just, you know, one on one coaching. Yep. And that's the, that's the only yep. thing. And then there's just so many different things that you can do out there. Totally. That being said, I'd love to know, how are you generating revenue in your business today? Totally. What different ways are you connecting with people? Yeah, so um, 
a couple of ways that I'm generating revenue in my business. One is my intensives and, and virtual VIP weekends. Um, and then uh, I have these mini trainings, which is just a way um, for me to, again, showcase my expertise, but it's not on a customized or personalized level. Um, so mm-hmm. example of things are like, you know, onboarding new team members, your client intake, um, you know, my batching boot camps, stuff like that. Um, and so that trickles in every month, but then I also have sales funnels running to that as well. Um, once I have, uh, done the initial mini launch of, of the program. And then, um, another thing, I guess, futuristically that I'm going to be looking into is corporate training. So I've had a few folks ask about that. Um, but really I, I try to keep it very simple. I have small affiliate, um, sales that trickle in every once in a while. Um, but yeah, I, right now it's pretty much one-on-one work, my mini trainings and affiliate sales. Well, I think it's good to have more than one, more than one stream of income yes. just in case. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now speaking of those streams of income, what would you say that your favorite strategy is for bringing brand new clients in? Oh gosh. So I am a lot of times, you know, people will come to me when they're kind of in their first like six months of business. And I actually pretty much have turned away every single one of them. And it's not because I don't want to work with them. It's because if I put a system in place for where you are in at your six month mark, that's definitely going to change within the next six months. And I've seen obviously in my business, I've been transitioning so much in this first year and all of the systems I've built along the way, you know, they just, they've gone out the window. And so I wouldn't want somebody paying for a system and then having to completely restructure it. Um, and so I, I think that when people are first coming to me, I definitely evaluate kind of the mark that they're at in their business. And really if systems are the answer, because they always aren't the answer. I love systems and I would love for it to be the answer to everything, but it's not. Um, and so when people first come to me, you know, the, the clients that are going to get the, the most bang for their buck is, are the people that they are super, super worn out, not because they haven't had success. It's because they're having success but they're getting pulled down by the minutia of their business. Mm. And that's the part that's worn out. So sales isn't necessarily um, an issue. Um, They're recognizing that their, their time is more of what's being tied up because they can go out and make sales, get clients, all of that stuff, create programs, but they're having to go back and remind their team 15 times to do something, or they are having to manually do things that, they really should not manually be doing. So those are the clients that really can benefit from figuring out systems and processes that they can automate or delegate um, so that they can focus in their zone of genius, which, you know, I work with a lot of coaches is the client side. So they want to get on the phone and then also the content creation side. So they either love writing blog posts or they just want to do Facebook lives all day, whatever their, their motive of content is, that's where they want to be in their business. And the rest of it, they want to not even (laughs) deal with on a daily basis. So (laughs) those, those tend to be the types of folks that come my way. Mm. Now, how do you find that you're attracting these people? Um, I mean, how do people, or how do people find you? Yeah. So 
I would say pretty much 90% of them are referrals. Um, so I have a pretty wide network and I am constantly chatting with people um, because I am a, I love to connect people. I'm kind of obsessed with it. If I could just connect people all day, every day, that's I, that would totally be my jam. Uh, but so I'm always looking because my clients come to me and they need processes, but they also sometimes need a marketing coach or sometimes they need an actual full on business coach or they need a VA or a project manager, all these things. So I make sure that I have an arsenal of folks that I trust and that I have personally vetted, spoken to all of that stuff um, to then be able to present them to other people. And what happens is, you know, I'm not doing that for like money's sake, you know, I'm not generally making money off of my referrals. But um, I I just then recognize people are like, oh, like she's been giving me clients, or she really is interested in giving me some of her clients one day. Um, I definitely know my clients could use her and it becomes a very nice mutual thing. Because I know that all of the business coaches are having the conversation about systems, and they all want to vomit and not talk about it. So um, <laughs> they all are like, great, go to Jordan, she can have that conversation with you. And same thing with marketing coaches, or even um, different uh, VA agencies, you know, the VAs are like, listen, <laughs> she's really baddie, and I need you to come and help my boss, um, which is said in a very lovingly way. But um, yeah, I'm 90% referrals. And honestly, uh, my podcast actually has brought a, a few clients my way as of recently, funny enough, um, and or people see me in Facebook groups answering questions, stuff like that. So it really makes a lot of sense for coaches not to get I mean, particularly people who are either, you know, they're working locally. Yeah out of their city or if they're if they're online not to just stay in your little mm -hmm. box but to get out there and really build relationships and i know i don't like the term networking right. that kind of gives know. me a little bit of anxiety <laughs> but yeah. just getting out and meeting people making relationships you know and and just keeping an open mind to people not being competition but being you know, some someone maybe that you could collaborate with. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I actually know a ton of folks in my realm of systems, there are people who do group programs, there are people that do masterminds, there are people that do like $15,000 packages and all of this stuff. And I know all of them pretty personally. And I, if the person is coming to me, and they're wanting a group program, I don't want to do group program. So I'm going to send them over here and know that they'll be taken care of in the way they want to be taken care of. Or if they're running a mastermind or if they're needing a bigger package that I don't do, I send them over there. So, you know, I think there's a th such a thing as healthy competition if you truly view it that way. And not everyone is going to want to work with you. And it's it sometimes is just, you know, a conflict of personality or, or whatever else. But if you can still provide value to them by sending them to a person that is right for them, they're going to remember that and either be like, Oh, I wasn't right for them. But my friend Jenny over here actually could really I could see her driving with me or whatever this person. So I'm gonna send somebody else their way. Um, and you'll be surprised at, at how that stuff happens. Totally. Mm. I'd like to go back for just totally. a minute to something that you said earlier, that was really interesting to me, because of you know all the people that I've talked to and and the coaches just that I that I know of 
I don't think I've ever heard of anybody working with interns. Yeah. So could you talk a little bit about, you know, that idea of maybe like an intern versus just hiring a VA? What got you thinking in that in that line? People, well, I'm in this line of work for a lot of reasons. One of them is I'm very resourceful. And that is just naturally how I go about things. I like to be very creative and very intentional about how I spend my money, how I spend my time, all of that stuff. So I'm like, listen, I am under a year in business. And um, I, I had a, a project manager since the beginning of my business. But other than that, it was just me and her until literally February. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I don't want to be doing social media anymore. I don't want to be writing my blog posts. I don't want to be doing like my PR outreach how can I get other people to do this? Um, and I was thinking, you know, I was somebody in college, actually, that I had 12 internships. Um, so I was a little cray cray. But a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know that there are college students that are so hungry for experience. I think I was paid for one of them. So one of them out of the 12, mm. I was paid. The rest of them, I didn't care if I got paid because I was wanting experience. That's all I wanted. Just I wanted to learn. I wanted to be a sponge. And so I was like, you know what? I have really actually super awesome opportunities for people to take the reins of my social media or my PR outreach. And I want to give this opportunity out there. So I actually went to internqueen.com and um, whatever posted um posted up uh, the social media intern position. And I got a lot of really great candidates. Um, and my social media intern right now, Ariel, is phenomenal. And she uh, has been on board and has just been chit-chatting with folks on Instagram. And she's been building my visibility. Again, visibility is my word, but that doesn't mean that I have to be the one being out and about. Um, so that's that's been really great. And then a couple people actually uh, requested to be a social media intern after the fact that I had, had brought on Ariel and I really liked them. And so I brought one on to do some ghostwriting for me for blog posts. And then the other one um, has done some PR outreach for me. Um, and pretty much half the time I do my uh, PR outreach because I'm in Facebook groups a lot and all of that. And if I see things, then then I'll reach out. But um, for other opportunities, stuff like that, she pretty much handles all of that for me. And, and really... They all are just wanting to learn. They are all like, you know, I, my ghostwriter, she's like, I want to have a portfolio of blog posts because I'm recognizing I'm, I'm trying to apply for jobs and I don't have a portfolio. And I'm like, great, you're definitely going to have one. Like, how many do you want? <laughs> like, how big of a portfolio do you want? And, um, and so we've decided on, on eight. And so again, it's mutually beneficial and, you know, mm -hmm. social media, Ariel, she wants to say that she's grown at Instagram by X, you know, percent or something like that. And, um, and I was like, okay, great. Have at it. Play with my business. Yeah. <laughs> go, go hard. Do your thing. So again, it's, it's so mutually beneficial and people are all, very, very worried about the paid, unpaid thing and all of that. Um, and because I do not pay them, I make sure that they, I tr have trained them properly. I love training people. Um, and mm -hmm. so I actually used courses that I had bought in the past. So I had a PR course, a copywriting course and an Instagram course. And I said, let's go through them together. Let's figure out, you know, the best way to go about things. And then like, 
you know, let's start the work. So I didn't necessarily come up with these trainings, but I know mm-hmm. that they were great trainings and they were either ones I had gone halfway through or hadn't gotten a chance to look at. And so that really has set them up for success as well as myself. I mean, that's just, it's funny because I'm just sitting here going, oh my gosh, this is just like blowing my mind. How is it, you know, like you said earlier, you know, you don't know what you don't know, you know, but why did I not know this? (laughs) This is such an amazing idea. Yes, yes. Because, you know, and I did the same thing. I was, I was an intern for a couple of years. Luckily I had a paid internship, Mm -hmm. but it was like, you know, that's the sort of thing that, that a lot of people, you know, they want to do, they want that experience and they're willing to help out and and not get paid. So are your interns, are they local or are they virtual? They're all virtual. So um, Mm -hmm. my PR one's in Boston, my uh, social media one is in Canada and my ghostwriters in San Diego. And I actually had uh, the San Diego and Canadian one come down uh, for a little retreat. That was that was part of their internship. I said, we're going to come down before quarter two, we're going to do a social media photo shoot, you guys are in charge of it, you need to come up with the props, you need to come up with the scenes that you guys need, etc. And um, my PR intern wasn't able to make it due to due to class and all of that. But they came down for a weekend. And it was it was so incredible and fulfilling because they are brilliant women. Um, and I, I'm just honored that they're, they're doing what they're doing for me. And, um, and it was really fun. They actually bonded together. They were besties by the end of the trip. Um, (laughs) and you know, at the end of it, my social media intern just kind of turned to me and was like, I've never worked for a company that cared so much. Um, Mm. and that honestly is how I want my team to feel. That's how I want my clients to feel because I do care. Um, I do a hundred percent care. I want, I, of course I want you to be successful for me, but I also want you to be able to take what you're doing for me and having a, a crazy, amazing job after college. So why would I not be in your corner rooting for you? You know? Yeah. And, and another thought is just that, Anybody that's a little bit scared of taking that leap into having, um, right. you know, employees, right. this would be a really good way to kind of, you know, dip your toe 100%. in and, and get used to yeah. it and get comfortable before you really, you know, make that big jump. So, yeah, yeah that's just a great idea. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now, knowing what you know now about building a successful business – what would be something that you would say, someone who's just starting out, what would they need to do first? Or what do you wish you had done first? <laughs> How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, one of the biggest things I probably would have liked to have done more first is probably talk to more people about the different business models. Like I said, that that really was a big shift for me and I wish it would have happened earlier, but again, don't know what you don't know. And I think it really all came with talking to different people in different industries. Um, so not even just coaching, but outside of that and how folks um, serve their clients and being like, okay, well, how can I adapt that to how I want to do business? Um, so don't be afraid to just talk to people. And I know people are like, well, I don't have time for that. I barely have time to do my business. And, you know, I, I totally, totally get it. Uh, I just feel like in order to kind of course correct or, or make decisions that are based 
more in your truth as a coach. Uh, really having tons of conversations is probably one of the things that has has helped me a ton um, in my business because I'm a very slow decision maker. And when you are an entrepreneur, you ain't got time to sit around and Google for days about your decisions. You just do not have time for that. So um, really speaking with people and, and getting different perspectives is probably something that I would tell folks to do if they were just starting out. Now, how do you feel about, you know, if, if somebody is like just starting and they're like, well, that's, that sounds great, but, but I don't know anybody, Mm. you know, who am I going to, to reach out to? Do you feel like that people just overthink it and they need to just reach out? They just need to reach out because most people are pretty open to having conversations or would there be more of a strategy that someone would need to to think it through first? Yeah. So uh, I had a little bit of a process once I kind of was recognizing that I needed to have more of these conversations. Um, And, you know, I started with my kind of circle of folks um, first. But if I Mm -hmm. were to not have had that circle of folks, um, because I wanted to have them introduce me via email because they're more likely to open an email from somebody they know versus me. And, um, and that did get me in a lot of doors. I now have cell phone numbers to a lot of these folks that I was like, I don't know how they just talked to me. Um, but, and so, but if I didn't have that first initial connection, um, there were a couple folks that again, I did not have an initial connection with. And what I did was I went to their free Facebook groups if I wasn't already in them and I engaged. Um, I, I didn't engage necessarily with them. I engaged with other people in their community. So for example, um, I really wanted to connect with Taylor Manning of ambitious millennials. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to go and uh, be in her ambitious millennials Facebook group. And I'm literally just going to engage, 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 engage. And she's going to see my face pop up all over the place on her phone and be like, who is this person? (laughs) And so then when I reached out, I said, Oh my gosh, I've been loving your group because I genuinely did. Um, I've been loving your group. Your the people in your group are so fun and amazing and smart. Um, I would love to get to know you. Um, because I think actually we have, um, potentially some mutual clients in the sense of, I think my clients could benefit from your services, but I also, I like to talk to you first before I actually start referral relationships. And she emailed me back and was like, yeah, totally. We got on the calendar. And then literally a week later, we, I think our call was two weeks out a week later. She was like, I literally just put together that you were the girl in my group all over the place. And I had your name on a post-it to reach out to, to contact. Oh wow! And so it's, it's really coming from a place of giving um, instead mm-hmm. of just like directly emailing them out of the blue. And they're like, who are you person? Um, so really because they want their communities to thrive. And if you're helping do that, then of course they're going to want to connect with you. Yeah. That's, that's actually really good advice because I see, I mean, I'm a member of a lot of groups mm-hmm. and some of them I'm more active mm-hmm. in than others, but just getting started, you kind of have that feeling of, you know, well, what am I going to say? I don't want to look like, like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but just digging in a little bit here and there and, and then just, you know, expanding on it. And like you said, just, just giving value and helping people out is probably the best way to get on someone's radar. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, the, the term giving value is, is told a lot. And honestly, it was things, you know, people would ask questions in the group pertaining to my expertise. So they'd say, Oh, I'm having a really hard time focusing on writing my blog posts. Like I feel overwhelmed, all this stuff. And I said, 
And I would just share a little nugget about how I batch my blog posts. Um, now I have my ghostwriter, but how I batch my bo- uh, blog posts and how I stay focused and all of that sort of stuff give value that way. Someone else brought up about podcasts and um, all of the guest process pre-production. So getting all the, the information from them, setting up a time, all of that. And I shared my process. So again, it's just looking, you don't have to just randomly just start doing things. It's give value in your expertise. And if you don't have any of those opportunities, then you may not be in the right group. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And and you don't have to put yourself out there and make posts. Like you said, you could just go in and and comment and share your knowledge that way at first. Exactly. And I actually um, now use a bot, um, funny enough. So I have keywords put into it and it pulls from all the free groups I'm a part of um, that have to do with focus or team onboarding or other stuff. And then, you know, that saves me time because then I can just go in directly and, and start providing value from there. Well, that's super interesting. I've never heard yeah, of that. It, well, that? so it's through a guy. It sounds really shady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like backdoor uh, or whatever back alley stuff. But um, no, yeah, he, uh, I got recommended to him by a good friend of mine and uh, I tried him out. He does it for free for a week. Um, if anybody's interested, I guess just email me because I would be giving his email out, which would feel weird over yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, just reach out to me and say, hey, I want the Facebook bot guy. And I'll know who you're talking about. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Jordan, this has been so good. I mean, oh my gosh, I've learned so much from you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I want to finish up with our final five rapid fire yes. questions. All right. So what is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? Uh, one thing that's interesting is building incentives for myself. I am somebody who has to have, I like to have a reason why I'm doing things. So I build in many incentives. And some of the incentives really are not a big deal. Like, oh, if you get this done, then you get to take a bath later tonight, which I could technically take (laughs) a bath anytime. But it really is just framing it in that way. And I get a lot of stuff done. Sometimes it's, oh, if you get this done, then you can go get a venti Starbucks. Like I might have gone to Starbucks before and got a grande, but I'm going to get a venti because I like kicked butt on this thing. Um, so incentives um, is something that I think has helped me become unstoppable because it pushes me to get stuff done. Wow, that's mm-hmm. good. What is one quality you feel every successful coach needs to develop? Uh, I would definitely go back to the consistent action part. Um, I think whether you automate something to create that consistent nature, or if you consistently do something on a daily basis, you know, whether it be journal or, or even a morning mindset routine. Um, I think that it's important to have consistent action in your business. Recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. Uh, it would be never eat alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Um, it is a book all about building relationships. And it is something I got back in like 2012, oddly enough, from a Valentine's date. Um, we are not together anymore, but it was a really great book. Um, <laughs> um, and it, it just talks about how this guy built his entire business and career based on how he hosted these dinner parties at his apartment. Um, it's it's mm. really, really intriguing. Mm. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without. Ooh, I would say it's kind of a combo. So it's 
technically two software tools that work together. Um, one is Acuity and the other is Zoom. So I have completely automated all of my like free consultation type calls. So once somebody, you know, initiates on my website, they literally can schedule. I get a, my questionnaire email or my questionnaire filled out, all of that stuff in Acuity. And then Zoom actually talks to Acuity to where they get their link. So I don't have to go make a link or anything like that. And all I have to do is hop on the call. So I think if folks are looking to not have to go back and forth with scheduling, because that's really annoying, um, look into Acuity and Zoom as an integration. Mm, yeah, that's that sounds appealing, mm, actually. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> now, finally, how can our listeners best connect with you? What social platforms do you hang out on and what's your website? Yes. So my website is www.thecoladagroup.com. T-H-E-K-O-L-A-D-A group.com. And um, I tend to hang out on Instagram, uh, which Instagram.com slash the Colada group. Um, I also have um, a Facebook community um, that I think is really probably another great place to get a ton of my resources. I share my sales page templates in there. I share this really awesome tool. If you have multiple Gmail accounts, like how you can just not have to deal with the insanity of that. Um, that's in there. And that uh, is called big and bold backends. Um, and so that can be fine. I think facebook.com slash groups slash big and bold back ends. Awesome. Well, I'll get all of those links and all of the recommendations uh, put onto the show notes page. This has been such an amazing conversation. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Jordan. Absolutely. I had a blast too. It was wonderful. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.